Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. Like my shag? <laughs> yeah, pull your pants up. <laughs> Shag's fine. Shag's fine. Nice boy. <laughs> I passed the shag test. <laughs> my God. Well, later you will. Yeah. Well, this is hour three, and we've been drinking, so who knows what can happen. Anyways. But who knows? But who knows? Shag away. That's what I say. <laughs> Serious. God, I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm having lots of fun. I'm well, really sad that actually it's going to be ending in like three months. Yeah. Yeah. December. Sometime. December. I don't know. And if you're listening on the archives, it's probably tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever it might be. Maybe. But see, you know what I've realized is that you know, when you and I talk and it's not during the show, it's exactly the same grab ass that it is during the show. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, you know, that's all about the show. We can have more lively and yeah. joking around more. And, you know, it's... I think we're more comfortable well, on the microphone now. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. The I mean, whole yeah. barred. Now, now it's pretty much exactly like it is when we get together outside of the show. It's yeah. pretty much the same, same silly grab ass that uh, goes on all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, it's a big shoe. A big shoe. to flick him off. Make him feel welcome. So. Yeah, I wonder who you're flipping off. I was thinking, he couldn't be flipping me off, could he? <laughs> never. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say never. I'd say just not the, for the rest of today is probably, or for the next five minutes. Right. <laughs> That's about all I can guarantee. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, it's, God, you know, I'm just reflecting and... It's been three years, though, you know? It's yeah. just, God. I know. Can you believe we've been doing this for almost almost three years now? Yeah. That's come that. a long ways. Yeah. yeah. I think John's going to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized, like, okay, now what? I think I'll go play we're softball. We're done. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, we, we got to that point. We were thinking, Maybe all right. Can, and we started out, we're like, you know, I could watch do you realize this is going to be three years of shows? <laughs> we're like, going into it, I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. You know, and by like, you know, week two, we're probably like, this is going to be three years of shows. Right. I went and fast. Then, uh, yeah. Ah, we're nearing the end. Yeah. This is kind of kind of depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I got uh, another show that I yeah, got to keep, keep me busy, which is the Bruce Strong Show. Yeah. Which I'm hoping you uh, will come in and, and honor us with a, a guest uh, sure. host appearance. Let me know. I'll bring you beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you. That's what I... All right. Yeah. Permanent <laughs> spot. 
There you go. Well, that's all it takes. A little TLC, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. A little of the Johnny Plisse 11. You betcha. So I'm going to have my own show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is? Don't know yet. <laughs> it's going to be like about like um, <laughs> water. <laughs> Sorry. Like, Justin doesn't even know yet. He's that, the producer. He's pause. the guy. It's, it's going to be about water. <laughs> I'm thinking, is he going through, you know, anything beer related <laughs> no. in his mind? That's what I was thinking too. Is something beer going to come out next, no. or is it going to be something just totally just bizarre? Yeah. yeah. About drums. Yeah. About drums. There you go. <laughs> it's going to be about how to handle wedding plans. Oh, that could be the next show. Oh, yeah, the go. wedding planner show. Yeah, I'm getting married. That's right. This is the, the official announcement. Lovely lady. This is it. Yeah. I'm this officially is, engaged. This, and This is the time to beg for gifts from the listeners, too. Right. Just send me copious amounts of beer and I'll be fine. <laughs> we don't say congratulations to that around here, John. I, I know. Trust we, me. We, we send you, uh, like, I'm farewell. sorry, farewell, farewell cards. <laughs> yeah. Happy for you and all, but we don't say congratulations I, nice. around here. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> And why is that? Because it's... Well, the good thing is... Which, I'm, who are you asking, hey, me or... Yeah, just so everybody knows, I'm marrying a woman that supports my brewing. Right. And my winemaking, so... Of course, that that was, yeah, once you marry that guy, it goes change. out the crapper. It's, you know, and that's why, because it, it, the, it's the equivalent of a funeral. <laughs> no, it's not. You're dying. You think, oh, I'm going to have this new happy life? No, you're not. You're dying. You're well, dead it, to me. The interesting thing is, you know... Uh, men, they they don't want their women to change. They 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 they've identified this wonderful, beautiful woman, and uh, you know the, how supportive she is, and how generous she is, and, and how you know everything's wonderful. And you decide, I'm going to marry this woman because this is great. Right. And you know, if if everything just stays the way it is now, you know she can get older. Of course, that's that's fine. It's happen nothing, nothing wrong with that. But if 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 all her attitudes towards me remain the same. Then that's perfect. That's I, I can go to my grave, Absolutely. you know, married all the way, right? Yeah. You married, give a, the you married a good side. woman, and and then well, yeah. On the other side, the woman's thinking, well, this guy's kind of up to. He's close. He's he's workable. You know, this is something I could work <laughs> yeah. with. This is a a lump of of clay I could start to mold. And if I marry him, um, you know, i got a lot of years to, to work. And I think within, you know, five, ten years, I could probably have him whipped into shape, and he'll he'll be a decent husband and, and really be the way I want him. Right. And that's how the woman's looking at it. I would and go so, so far as to say there's a checklist somewhere about you, John. <laughs> oh, shit. That she will be crossing off over the years. It's a mental checklist, maybe. Yeah. You know, but there, 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 she, you know, every woman definitely has something in mind about the thing. See, I could do the relationship show. Hey, that's what we need that's to what do. That's what we do. Ah, the relationship show. Love strong. <laughs> love, love strong. strong. <laughs> Very nice, Johnny. I, th- I Hi, think. This, uh, this is Jonathan Plisse. This is a love, love strong, strong show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we hey, in, let's hey, talk baby. love. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk love. And again, you'll have, you've got Jamil, the old pro, and, <laughs> and, and you'll be the amateur. Yeah, we could go through all your trials and tribulations. It'll Absolutely. totally destroy your marriage. It'd be great. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Done. Yeah. All right. Yeah, good we can, radio. We can drag it out on That's air. Really we can have radio. you crying, yeah. and you know, uh, and we can get sloppy drunk while we do it. Yeah. Yeah. This sounds great. Absolutely. Oh, I think you'll get divorced, and I'll be on the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if I, if I end up doing another show, I may, I may end up getting divorced. 
but uh, yeah, you know, you know, the, the woman, the woman wants you to to change and, and become a better person. She don't, she don't want to. She's not trying to make you a bad person. Not trying, you know. But she sees things you could improve upon. Mm-hmm. Wants you to become a better person. I think it's and mutual so, too, though. Once once you're married, she decides. Okay. Now I got the license that allows me to make these changes. Shit. You know, it's like buying a, a house. Man too. You may be renting a house, and you're not going to tear down a wall. You know, the house doesn't belong to you. You know, it's a rental. I you bet know, you... you're, you're, you're loath to put up a little uh, nail in the wall because you know you're going to have to pay 50 bucks to fix that thing when you leave. Right. So instead, you, and once you bought the house, though, you rip the, that wall down. You, I you don't know, like it. Put in a new window. You tear out the carpeting, whatever it may be. Oh, my God. So your little shag may not yeah. be acceptable once once that happens. She may be going, well, you need a different haircut, honey. That's so, well, you yeah. know. And, and that'll change. Oh no no no! You know you can't be brewing quite so much because you know now you get it. I got so, kids or you know, All these things, yeah, mm-hmm. all these mm-hmm. things start to, to, to come into play. Justin's got fear in his eyes. Let me tell you, you know? it's no coincidence that the dudes wear blacks to weddings. No coincidence. <laughs> all right, you got such a bad look, dude. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny though. But that's fucking hilarious. But you know, I, I'm telling you, this is this is what happens. You know, the woman wants them to change, and the men men don't want to change. They don't want anything to change, and the women change as well. They, they, you know, it's natural for everybody right. to change. Right. You know, your attitudes change. and everything sure. change. But uh, you know, the guys become dis- dis- disillusioned that the woman is changing. Right. And the woman becomes disillusioned that the man isn't changing fast enough. Right. Well, I bet you I get the most emails ever after the show, mm-hmm. and just from other married men. <laughs> the one thing I've I've found since since I've popped the question. Planning mode. Hmm. It's just game time. Okay. It's awesome. Like, let's do this. Yeah, all right. You know, but wow. I'm, I'm serious. You, they've had it since they were four years old. It's this dream of like mm-hmm. one day. It's actually quite fascinating, actually. All right. So, so what's so uh, when when's the wedding's in uh, in September next year, right? Sometime. Don't give the date. Though. Okay. All right. <laughs> September next year. <laughs> and. And uh, you know you'll probably have a uh, you know a you know you know practice session there, and you'll have uh, this that the other thing, you know selecting the wedding gown and all right. that stuff, and right. you know making up lists and all that. So uh, how long before our first Love Strong show? I think I, I think I'm uh, coming a up Love in, Strong in, show I really in January. Can I, I just think, have one I think, show? I think we need to I think we need to knock out a Can few. Can that be your Love wedding Strong. gift to me? Absolutely done. I think it'd be great radio. Right. We, we need you to do some love strong. A reflection yeah. on the last there'll year. Be, there'll be no uh, set schedule for these. This might compete against lunch meat, but I, but I think we need to knock out a few of these bad boys, huh? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Love strong. Let's love strong. Listen, there are married <laughs> brewers everywhere that will oh, tune yeah. into love yeah. strong. Oh, you got it. Same struggles you guys are going. through. Relationship yeah. advice will 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 be given out. That's funny. Right. Mm-hmm. It'll be totally. The worthless, but we'll be giving it out anyways. Yeah, yeah. It may cause you to, uh, you know, drive off a bridge uh, yeah. with with your wife in We're the not car. Responsible, but hey, you know, we'll give it out anyway. <laughs> I've helped thousands of customers, and I've got some horrible man stories with their wives. It is horrible. Return kegerators, return beginner beer kits. I've got guys that gave up their beer kits for a cologne. I mean, just ridiculous. The wife sees a keg, no, return it. Sorry. Not happening. It's just mm-hmm. that's not going to happen to me though. It's no. not going to happen. It's Famous not going to happen to me. I'm going to be okay. It's really. It's going to be just fine. I'm, I know. I'm different. <laughs> this is different. We're different than everybody else. We're Our love, love is stronger. <laughs> we love strong. <laughs> we love strong. I will say I wish you luck. I give you that. Thanks, bud. Good luck.
Oh, I'm excited. You'll need it. All right. The natives are restless, although they <laughs> are right. kind of enjoying it. They're relating. But <laughs> okay. they need some IPA yeah, talk. Okay. All right. All right, IPA. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for hanging in there. Appreciate it. And women, too. Okay. Of course, they don't hang. But anyways. English IPA. Ready? Are you ready? I'm <laughs> yes. focusing. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Deer in headlights here. Okay. In the aroma in English IPA, you should definitely get some... High hop aroma, usually from UK hop, like Challenger UK or a uh, Kent Goldings of Fuggles. Uh, it's definitely less than an American version. Um, just because it's IPA doesn't mean it's an American IPA. It's an English IPA. There's definitely a difference. Um, there should definitely be some hints of caramel toastiness coming through. Uh, to- it should be less biscuity to a point, you know, mm-hmm. and toasting mm-hmm. some raisin, sure. fig, maybe a little fig character in the background there, and there should be some esters from the English yeast that you're using. It's not clean like an American IPA. It's got that English ester profile going on. Uh, visually, it's gold to light copper in color. Uh, it's clear. has a nice head retention on it. Flavor-wise, it's got a firm bitterness and hot flavor to it. It's, you know, it's got a great maltiness to it, medium to strong, you know, so what's it, like 6 to 7%. Somewhere in there? It's IPA. Yeah, five five to seven and a half. Okay. Uh, flavors, you know, like I said, toasty, caramelly, biscuity. Uh, but should be have a dry finish, definitely. Uh, overall, it's definitely a hoppy, strong ale. It's English-based, English hops, and those are the key ingredients to making an English IPA. I think the importance for this beer is not to be an American IPA, but an English IPA. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a more balanced impre- interpretation of an IPA-based beer. Mm-hmm. Mm. About it. Yeah, reasonably yeah. crisp finish. Right. You know, uh, some sweetness, some malt sweetness, some caramel and all that, but, you know, reasonably crisp finish. But they're definitely a lot Not more overly sub- sweet. subdued, though, hop Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially, you know, any modern examples nowadays tend to be pretty weak, but... Uh, yeah, not not over the top hoppy like a lot of West Coast IPAs, things like right. that. Yeah. And an, I, an IPA in the UK and IPA in, the, in America, are two different things there. Right. Completely. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think you know you get someone like applying to the elder out there, be like <laughs> what freak the out. Hell? Stuff like crack out here, I swear. I know. Everybody wants their blind. Can't get enough. No, it's so good though. Yeah, it's bottled now too. <laughs> we sell a case good a weekend stuff. of that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I bet you. Anyways. I could drink a case a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what we'll do, we'll take a short break, and when we come back, we will get into the recipe for English IPA. Back after this. <laughs> oh, crap. It's the hop shortage. No, not the organic free-range oyster Russian imperial coffee stout. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. Oi. away off your wee f***ing hop shortage, who are you? A f***ing Scottish 80 shilling, and you can't brew a Scottish 80 shilling like you was mixing f***ing cement with f***ing hops instead of gravel, you great f***ing ass. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint, like the bloodthirsty and abusive Scottish 80 shilling. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. My Lambic! It'll only f***ing help it. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Lab's yeast? WLP-001. Cal Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale. Cal Common, WLP-810. It's gonna be WLP-400 with beer. 
I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew your own clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as 7 cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. You're listening to The Brewing Network. That was solid. <laughs> we need to put that on the air. Yeah, you know when you can hear it through the headphones. Yeah. Got some good reverberation right there. It's got a good tonal quality to it. Okay, we're talking about uh, English IPA. And uh, the recipe I have for you today uh, starts at an original gravity of 1062, the finishing gravity 1015. Uh, this is about 74% attenuation, 50 IBUs, 11 SRM, 6.2% alcohol by volume. Uh, for your extract brewer, you're going to start with an English Pale Ale extract. Uh, this is going to be like a, a Muntins or uh, you know maybe like crisp. John Bull, Crisp, uh, any of those uh, extracts that you can get uh, with a that's made from an English Pale Ale malt. It's uh, usually they call them like British extract or English extract. That's generally going to be something along those lines. Uh, 8.7 pounds or 3.94 kilograms. Uh, you can use a, a touch of wheat extract in there if you have it, um, and you can use a dry extract, uh, it's fine, but uh, a half pound, 227 grams. If you're a all-grain brewer, you're going to use instead uh, 12.25 uh, pounds or 5.55 kilograms of a British pale ale malt, <clears throat> like crisp marisot or anything along those lines is good, and uh, for the wheat, use a half pound or 227 grams of a wheat malt. And you're going to mash at 152 degrees Fahrenheit or 67 degrees C. Your other grains that are going to be in your mash or that you're going to steep will be uh, biscuit, uh, half pound, 227 grams. Crystal 40, a half pound or 227 grams. And crystal 120, 6 ounces or 170 grams. 
And those, uh, you know, uh, like John was talking, you want that uh, biscuity, uh, nutty, kind of toasty uh, malt character in an English uh, IPA. And that's a, an important part of it, more so than maltiness is in an American IPA. The crystal malts would give you some of that crystal malt flavor. It, it kind of makes it rich. The thing to be careful of is not to add too much crystal malt and make it overly sweet. The crystal malts, you know, aren't uh, fermentable. The, the major, a portion of the sugars in the crystal malts are fermentable, but a, a, a fair portion of them are not. Okay. So you want to just be careful you're not overdoing it and leaving too much of a residual sweetness there. Again, you want this thing to crisp, uh, finish uh, reasonably crisp. If uh, if you have too much, uh, you know, uh, especially malts in there, it's not going to. Right. And, it's not uh, really drinkable. Yeah, it really starts to get too heavy and uh, doesn't finish well. Almost every British beer that's of the regular drinking variety tends to be fairly uh, dry finish, you right. know, not 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 uh, too sweet. Now, British Pill, though, by itself, tends to add a lot of those unique toasty flavors. Uh-huh. Biscuit toast. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a little bit darker, too, right? I mean, if you were right. to mash it by itself, it tends to add a little bit more color. Right. If you were to use a, a regular... Um, Ale malt or you know two mo- two row malt even a British two row malt mm-hmm. um, and then uh, a British pale ale malt or even a, an American two row malt and an American pale ale malt right. when they call them pale ale uh, it generally denotes a darker uh, kilning sure. so you know right while your regular two row might be one point eight to love a bond. Uh, when they kill it as a pale ale, it gets into you know two to three love a bond. If it's a British pale ale, something like the Chris Marisot or floor malted, you can get up to like four and a half uh, degrees love a bond, right around in that range. Okay. So a darker overall, and with that additional heat of kilning and the dark color comes those toasty, biscuity, uh, bready notes that are so important to the style. Okay. And you can't make this style without that base malt. Uh, well, you know, can, you could, but is you know, if if you really are interested in making the best version of this, you will source kind of that, that that British Pale Ale malt. Absolutely. Could you blend a little bit of two row maybe with an English malt if you wanted to? I don't know, lighten it up a little yeah. bit, or dry it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely, or absolutely. Okay. If you didn't want quite that intense mm-hmm. uh, a toasty biscuity background, yeah. if you like a little less, some people don't care for that. Believe right. it or not, I love it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but uh, I've had it yeah. for breakfast. I've had it. Oh. British pale malt with a little bit of milk in it milled uh-huh. is delicious. Right. If we need a raw two-row versus British malt, yeah. it's just right. it's so delicious. Anyways. <laughs> okay. So, that's another like, you know, a little too much fiber in your poo, you end up, uh, <laughs> yeah. if it's a big bowl of it, you end up with the runs, you yeah. get bound up. I mean, that's I a lot really of fiber that day. <laughs> Clearly, and, yeah, and you would spend your day. grocery money on on brewing and ramen and napkins, probably at the and, time. And no, <laughs> that's a great story. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I like that. It uh, worked. I did the trick. <laughs> just like, well, I got to eat something. Uh, okay, I got malt. I'll eat that. <laughs> I got something. A lot of crap on. I it probably would have just drank some beer and said, "Well, you that's know, food, it's, right? it's sort of like food. It works for the monks." Yeah, absolutely. Get a little scotch in there or something. <laughs> Anyways, didn't mean to throw you off there. No, that's great. Okay. I like that story. I like that story a lot. That's a good one. Uh, on the hops, uh, you can use any selection of uh, British-type hops. I think you'll be fine with any of those because they're, they're fairly distinctive. 
And uh, you know, something like Challenger, Fuggles, Goldings, um, uh, what? Uh, That's about it. Uh, Silicon like, Memorial or something. Yeah. Well, and there's the old ones. Challenger, like, you know, yeah, The Fuggles, Brambling UK. Cross and right. you know, all that stuff. Um, Do you, with, with the hop in this recipe, is it the same approach with blending, like, multiple hops that American hops IPAs do? Yeah. Because we like tend to draw a hop a lot with Centennial Cascade or mm-hmm. Amarillo here in California. Yeah. But over there, are they doing that, too? Like, Challenger, Fuggle, sure. Goldings, just to well, bring it out? Well, in this recipe, I, I start off with uh, Challenger at 8% alpha acid, 60-minute addition. As pellets, uh, 1.43 ounces or 41 grams. That gives about uh, 44.3 IBUs using the Rager formula. And then, uh, uh, you know, Fuggles, uh, 5% alpha acid, 10-minute addition, 1.5 ounces or 43 grams. It's going to give you about 5.8 IBUs. And then Kent Golding's at at, uh, Flame Out, uh, 5% alpha acid, uh, 0-minute addition, 1.5 ounces or 43 grams. Okay. So... You know, uh, with with the, the the hop situation being what it is, you know, you might want to uh, you know, go on the northernbrewer.com website. Right. Uh, One and, of our proud you know, sponsors. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're they're fantastic. Uh, great group of guys uh, and gals, and uh, you know, great website and uh, you know, good selections and and you know, see what kind of uh, you know hops they list as English hops. And you know, if if you don't have the Kent Golding, you can go with you know. Uh, something else, right. and I think you'd be okay. There, you know, almost any English hop tends tends to work fairly well in this kind of beer. And uh, again, whatever Northern Brewer happens to have, uh, you know, visit our fine sponsor. And uh, you know, their website is actually quite educational as well. Oh, there's a ton of uh, info. You know, they got a lot of good info on there. Yeah. And uh, uh, you know, I appreciate that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of learn stuff just by reading about the products that they have. Right. I think Glacier now is a substitute for Kent Goldings. Yeah, there's or, a lot of it right now. or whatever. Fuggle, yeah. What is Glacier a substitute for? Yeah, I can't recall. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a you know uh, one way to go about it. Yeah. What else you got? Um, yeast or? And you uh, know, and I, and I, I actually like Challenger quite a bit. Yeah, I've been happy with bittering with that. I love it. So and even really for clean. aroma and all that. Really? Yeah, aroma. Hmm. Yeah. Would you dry hop with it, maybe? Sure. And that, that's the other thing. You can go ahead and dry hop with this if you're, you know, if you feel it needs a little more uh, aromatic and flavor. Now, is it but, safe uh, just to open up the bag with the hops and just pour it in, or should you? I mean, is it? I'm just worried about contamination. Yeah. I mean, there's alcohol in it, so is that enough insurance? Uh, right. It's not enough insurance, but you know, if you're gonna drink it in. Um, you know, the next month or so, or two months, uh, you know, at 6.5% alcohol, um, or nearly 6.5% alcohol, and uh, fairly hoppy, 50 IBUs, there's not a whole lot to worry about. Okay. It'll be fine. Okay. But uh, in theory, you know, if, if people are, you know, rubbing, you know, the hops, uh, you know, scratching the crotch and then handling the hops, and, and, you know, and then throwing it. Yeah, it's not going to be so good. Right. I think you, I think you're quite safe with the products that uh, Northern Brewer sells, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you get you get your hops from them. You don't really have to worry about. It. I think you can open that pack and just toss it right in. You'll be mm-hmm. fine. But uh, you know, you always want to be real careful. Um, you know, you never know uh, anything you put in your beer, and uh, if you're talking long-term storage on a low alcohol, low hop beer. That I'd have some concerns about, but something like this, I think you'd be all right. How do you dry hop? Uh, tear open the package with hops. <laughs> okay. I don't know. If you I don't. Like, yeah, I know no, you're a clean guy, so yeah. No, no, no safety nets, no bags, no throw uh, in, no stainless nuts. It just uh, I just pour the pellets in, and they they uh, 
you know, break up on the surface of the beer and then, you know, settle to the bottom eventually. Nice. Okay. And that's... You know, that's it. Yeah. It's really technical. I know. Yeah. I go, <laughs> Good show. a very complex uh, dry... Yeah, the Carpet. dry hopping show. Uh, throw them in. <laughs> drink the beer. Let him go. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of people go with, uh, you know, uh, things to filter out the hops or they'll put them in bags because they don't want them clogging up the, you know, the keg lines, things like mm-hmm. that. No Randall required. Yeah, I just I just I throw them in there and you get some hot bits, you know, in the first couple of pints and mm-hmm. you know if if it if it, you find it sticking out, you know, clogging up uh, one of your uh, valves or your faucet, you just open and close the faucet rapidly and eventually it comes just, out. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you know, yeah, but it kind of breaks it up. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know. I haven't had any problems with it. I know people experience problems with it, so you might want to put them in a bag or something like that. But I don't, I, you know, I like. The idea of putting a, if you're worrying about sanitizing something, those bags, lots of nooks and crannies. Oh, yeah. You can't heat them. Uh, yeah, if you get, on you. Yeah, if you can get one you can boil, then that would be ideal. I guess the cloth ones you can. Yeah, Nebo those. But, uh, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, adding that in there, that's 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 kind of along the lines of uh, that. But. Uh, yeast, I like the uh, White Labs WLP 013 uh, London Ale or the Y Yeast 1028 London Ale. Or you can use the Danstar Nottingham if you're using a dry yeast. You're going to ferment this around uh, 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees C. And uh, you know, when finished, you're going to want to uh, serve this kind of you know cellar temperature in the in the low 50s okay. Fahrenheit or you know around uh, uh, 11 to 13 degrees C. Then that's a gr- I think we could talk about temperature. Really, yeah, yeah. really brings out right. a lot of the aroma and flavor and stuff like that. Why don't we uh, take a short break and when we come back, we'll get into uh, you know a little bit more of that serving temperature yeah, and other questions could. you might have about this beer. We'll be back cool. after this. <laughs> oh crap! It's the hop shortage. He's in the basement. Oh please, my triple decocted imperial pilsner. It's all gone. We'll never brew again. Damn this hop shortage. Damn it to hell. Was is los? Hop shortage? Who are you guys? Ich bin Doppelbach. Ich bin Kölsch. Und ich bin Münchener Helles. We don't need a lot of hops to be delectable. Now brew something. Malzi. Use less hops, brew more beer. Northern Brewer has kits and ingredients for dozens of worldwide beer styles that don't require a lot of hops to make a great pint. Like the cool blonde Kolsch or the ponderously bottom-heavy Doppelbach. Keep drinking great beer. Order at northernbrewer.com and get flat rate $7.99 shipping anywhere in the contiguous U.S. One beer kit, $7.99 shipping. One million beer kits, $7.99 shipping. Together we can beat this hop shortage. Mm Mm-hmm. Now get brewing! Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giant. Park. 
Attention homebrew shop owners at Fermentap. They know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless-domed false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper wort chillers are the best on the market, designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients, including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeasts, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all-grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's yeah. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. You Put some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Talking. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. All of a sudden, I lost it. Man. I went out. Yeah. Just coming to, to you soon on Love Strong. Love Strong. Here on the Brewing Network. The Angry. Check us out next the angry fall, side. probably. <laughs> next fall. Right before the fall, right, I guess. <laughs> I was funny. I'm getting married in the fall, too. Oh, my God. It's a lot of fall. It's fall. It's cute. Now we freaked out John. He's all worried now. No. Totally calm. Focused. <laughs> English IPA. English IPA. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, Sorry. English IPA. So, uh, what the hell is this? You know, one of the things that a lot of people will ask about is, hey, do you, uh, you know, can I, you know, all they sh- everybody hears the story of, well, you know, they were shipping these, you know, barrels of beer to oh, India. Right. right. So they've got wood in them. You know, they should be aged in oak and, it, and I should add oak to it and make an authentic. Right. English IPA. Add smoke. And, uh... It's okay. No, 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 The problem with that is, uh, you know, when they when they did this, they had brewer's pitch that they'd line the barrels with, and so it wouldn't contact the wood, and it would protect it from oxidation, and it would, you know, also prevent it from picking up all these wood flavors. So you don't want to add oak to your English IPA. It's not appropriate. I mean, you can go ahead and do it, but don't... Do it and then tell everybody that's authentic because because I added oak. Right, it's not, it's not. So that's that's you know one of the things. Yeah, I would think like three days on oak would be enough. You know, like a double barrel, like that their English pale from Firestone. <laughs> oh my God, you're bad sometimes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like they only go like four or five days in uh-huh. oak barrels, right. just enough to kind of complement the maltiness. Mm-hmm. But you don't even know it's there. Right. The general public doesn't know it's there, but it's there. Yeah. You know. But again, yeah, not not actually appropriate for the for the for an IPA. Right. Right. Okay. Fair enough. 
<laughs> Good show. <laughs> Thank you for passing gas. <laughs> See, this hey, is what happens man. hour three, man. Uh, no scruples. There's, there's a dog in the studio. How do you know it wasn't the dog? <laughs> that's true. I don't know. You saw me lift my cheek. That's that why. was yeah. probably why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Do you have more questions about uh, English? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, we were kind of hashing this out a little bit before the break. Uh-huh. Uh, you were saying serving this at, you know, 50-55. And right, right. Why, why is the importance of this, and how does this bring out the malt and the hop character of the spirit? Yeah, you know, um, you know your your palate is much more sensitive at uh, the warmer temperatures as well. And, uh, you know, the chemicals, all, you know, everything becomes more excited, more active at, at the higher temperatures. So, uh, you know, things become more aromatic and, uh, you know, you get more of the flavor from them and, uh, you know, along those lines. And, and it, you know, it, you know, that's a lot more traditional is this, uh, you know, warmer cellar, cellar temperature serving of the beer. Okay. And it uh, really brings out a lot of the flavors. So if you were to, you know, brew something like this and then... You know, try and serve it at 35 degrees. You can, oh, yeah, you know, there isn't a whole lot of hop aroma in this. There really isn't a lot of hop flavor. Yeah, warm it up 20 degrees and then decide if there's enough oh, yeah. hop aroma, hop flavor for you. But the, the molten even, I mean, right. that completely it changes. Very rich and yeah. and creamy at a warmer temperature, right. and uh, you know it fills out and it, you know much easier to drink at right. the warmer temperature. So if you've never tried that before, if you're used to drinking all your beer at 40 degrees, you might try you know let let it warm. Well, you could, I personally I keep my beer colder. It's uh, you know in the upper 30s. Okay. Yeah. In the in the fridge. Right. And you know, if anybody walked in and goes, hey, what the heck happened to you telling me to serve things at cellar temperature? You well, pour it in the glass, up. you let it warm up, right. you know, and then and then you know you consume it. And where I live, it's like you know, 110 degrees. Yeah. Five minutes later, <laughs> you know, you're there. Five minutes later, you're at you're at 55. <laughs> trust me. And uh, you know, so uh, you know, you can you can start out colder. And the interesting thing is to to try it and let it warm up and, and try a little bit as it warms up and and come back to it and smell it and see you know uh, how temperature changes these beers. It's actually quite fascinating and you, you get a great a great appreciation for them, especially with the beers that are simpler like a, a pilsner or a lager. Mm-hmm. As they warm up, you can definitely pick up eventually diacetyl. Right, right. You know, sure, when sure. they're at room temp, sometimes mm-hmm. I won't kill a pint, and I'm right. sorry that I did. Mm-hmm. But there's let some left over, and I'll taste it. Like I get a little bit of butter. Right. I didn't get it cold. Tasted great cold. There's still well, a little bit of butter. And again, that's why lagers are sur- all served cold. Right. Just to hide that. You know, yeah, you want to hide some of the stuff, mm-hmm. hide some of the flavors, and uh, you know, so you'll serve them serve them colder. Now, and, uh, do you all beers? I mean. Can they have off flavors no matter what? Even a great beer like a Pliny or something, uh-huh. if it got warm, can you pick up something, you think? Oh, sure. sure. You know? Well, yeah. I guess it depends on the beer, but right. I guess my point, what I'm saying is, like, can eventually you just find something a little bit off because of the warmer temperature? Or will the, the warmer temperature just tweak with the beer right then instantly? Uh, no, it, it would be something that's already in there. Already in there. there. Unless, you know, you set something out in the sun. Right. You know, and you get the sunlight and you get the skunking of the hops. Okay. And that can happen while you're standing there with your glass in your hand. Right. Even the warmth. Because now when I see you judge a beer, like the first thing you do when you pick it up, you just kind of you put your hands around it. You're just trying yeah. to warm it up. Yeah, if it's real cold, I'll warm right. it up. Right. And that just kind of helps you analyze it a little Volatilizes more. a lot of the aromatics, you know, right. drives them out of the glass so you can uh, get a better sense of it. So aromatics want to come out when you heat it up? Right. 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 Okay. Right. You heat it up and kind of drive it off of the beer. 
<laughs> into the air, and then you can take a deep whiff. And, and just smell the good aromatics and, yeah, the, and the beer. Right, right. Bread. Okay. Yeah, it, it, that's a good point. You know, the room and the aromatics in the room will, will have a big impact as well. And sometimes if you have some aromatic qualities in the room... That you contribute know, to all flavors. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that are fairly strong, you know, it kind of can mask some of the ar- aromatics of the beer. Right. What about, like, what you previously ate? Like, if you had something, <laughs> like, four hours ago, I mean, and you went to go judge a competition. Right, or do a couple of shows. Or do a couple of shows. <laughs> right. That could probably affect your interpretation of that beer and those flavors. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Something lingering Even, in your palate. Yeah, residuals in your palate. You know, if you got stuff stuck between your teeth, you know, all that. Right. You know, the aromatics of that going up through your nose and your sinus cavity and you know, all that. And okay. The receptors back of your nose there. Okay. Yeah. Well, we were talking a lot in the last three shows um, just about flavor in general. Uh-huh. I mean, flavor, that's such a big word, you know, flavor. Mm-hmm. Big word. Um, everybody's unique. Uh-huh. You know, and everyone interpreted interprets something differently. They smell something sure. differently. Sure. You know, and I guess, I mean, a judging panel at a homebrew competition, you're going to get four or five guys that are going to sit there mm-hmm. and discuss a beer, and they're going to interpret it differently. You know, I mean, when you're with this book that you have, Brewing yeah. Classic Styles, these are like incredible, great base recipes. But someone's going to brew it to their own process, their own style, and that right. beer's still going to turn out different. Right. And those flavors are going to be different because uh-huh. the yeast handling and all these other variables and sure. stuff. Sure. You know, I just, well, it's just a really open-ended question because flavor interpretations is so subjective. It's right. I, I, I think the thing I would, uh, I would comment on in that is, um, you know, when you have you know, three or four judges sitting together, the idea is that, you know, these people have gotten some experience, other experience, where, you know, if you try and uh, learn about beer and judge beer in a vacuum, where you're all by yourself and you taste beers and you say, well, that is, you know, hops and that is this and that is that, you know, it's your interpretation. And the, the thing that happens when you start uh you know, learning with others and you go and drink. One of the, the things I, I love to do is go with other beer judges and other people that I know. And we go and we, t- it's great to taste the same beer. So we'll all order something and we'll tend to share the glasses and here, taste this. Right. And then we'll all taste them. We'll talk about the flavors and, oh, do you get this? Do you get that? And, you know, and it's that kind of uh, group communication and it's sharing of information that mm-hmm. tends to even things out, I think. Mm-hmm. So when those, you know, three or four people sit down to judge, they have some common ground. They've already adjusted, you know, their perceptions of, you know, what's too hoppy, what's not enough, what's, you know, this flavor is, what that flavor is. And so they tend to be, yeah, there's some differences. But I don't think it's, you know, as wide a gap usually as, as you might suppose it's actually could be, you know, it's, it's fairly, fairly close. Sometimes, you know, I'll sit and judge with people. And, Spot on. Yeah, it's like we're mm-hmm. we're all detecting the same thing. We're giving the exact same points. There's, like, very little to discuss because we all pretty much think this is the exact same, same thing and are detecting the same thing. Right. Now, if we hadn't, you know, the experience, it might be that, you know, we'd have completely different uh, perceptions of it. But, okay. I think, uh, you know, the perceptions have been modified. There's a filter in everybody's head that says, okay, when I detect that, that is strong. When right. I detect that, that is, you know, weak or, you know, that is, you know, biscuit or, you know, the difference between biscuit and toasty, that's what it is. Right. And, you know. A lot so of all memory. Yeah. yeah. And it's memory and adjusting your your uh, beer senses to what the group uh, detects. 
you know. Okay. So, and again, I think this is one of the reasons that uh, there's regional influences on judging. Absolutely. This is what causes the regional influences. It's not that people don't want to, you know, all do the same thing, you know, and, and learn. It's not uh, that the beer's available or things like that. That has some effect, but because um, there's regional availability of certain beers. But it is that the people you go and sit with and judge with often or drink beer with, from they're the, all from your region, your area. And right. it tends to get a group kind of consciousness going right. and a group adjustment. And everybody in that area is kind of adjusted to certain perceptions about beer and certain uh, conceptions about beer. And um, that... It holds for a region, and sure. then once you get out of that region, where the you know people uh, in a certain place, like uh, you know the guys in Reno, they could you know it's difficult for them to travel east and yeah. get to beer stuff. Right. You know, they got they got to keep going until they get to like you know Utah, Utah, yeah, or you know Denver, <laughs> you and go. you know so it's easier for them to come out here. So they're part of you know tend to be part of this uh, western group in the you know western Bay Area type of thing. Mm-hmm. If so they're there's influenced a, a lot by us. Huh? Right. There's like a Southern California kind of there's a gap between, you know, like San Jose, the people Yeah. San Jose aren't traveling down to LA to yeah. judge beer. They're up here. Right. The people in LA aren't traveling up here, you know, and then you know LA and San Diego have a little bit of separation, but they tend to, you know, cross migrate enough. Sure. So there's some similarities there. There's some similarities between Las Vegas and that area because those, those people tend to travel a little bit. Yeah. But you know, the group out in uh, Cleveland isn't traveling out here. Sure. We're not traveling out there except for, like, the national conference, right? right? Right. So that tends to, you know, and that's how you get those regional differences. And you enter a competition, and a beer that did great in your area may do poorly in another area. Yeah. Why? And and you may be thinking to yourself, oh, you know, what's wrong with those judges? They don't know anything. Right. You know, this is a 45-point beer, and there they give it 35 points. Yeah. And maybe certain flavors, you know, that are perceived, you know, slightly differently. Yeah. In that area, and people go well. People have always chalked this up to the shipping, and I think you and I have bashed that whole shipping thing down in the dirt. I by, still think you know, the gray beer should survive shipping, right? But and, it does and also, affect it though. There's it some effect, but it's not nearly the effect that people chalk it up. Well, it's because it was shipped that it went down. You know, that's I've I've tasted beers that I've shipped to a different location, and it's just good here. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's absolutely. it's the same. It's right. not it's not nearly. The deficit that people would would suppose. Right. It's really more the regional uh, influence, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it, it, it's just a fact of life. And and it doesn't mean that the people uh, you know in another area, like in you know, uh, you should send your beer out to Florida, and you know those, those people don't like it. That doesn't mean that they're wrong. No. It doesn't mean that you know. It's not what they're looking for. It's it, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's a slightly different perception. Yeah. It doesn't mean that uh, you know. And if it does well in Florida and does doesn't do well out here in uh, California, then that doesn't mean the people you know out in California are wrong either. Exactly. It's again, it's you know slightly different. There's you know different ways to interpret art and all that. It'd be nice if everybody in the world kind of uh, you know had a similar uh, you know communication yeah. and, and, and adjustment. Understand the, the the point is you know go travel out to these places and and talk to other beer aficionados in these areas and you know see what kind of uh, you know similar uh, perceptions you have or don't have. Right. I just think IPAs alone are. <laughs> All across the surfing. board, yeah, all right. globally, you know, right. East Coast, West Coast, UK, whatever. The IPA means too. There's right. so many different things to people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 
so no, I agree with you that absolutely. That was a little bit of a no a long, flavors long and regions. Answer, it's but, a big question. Yeah, it's uh, but I think that's really you know what what plays plays part in that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> no other questions. No. 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 Any chat room questions? I think we're actually on time. No chat room questions. Saturday night is a tough spot, I think, for serious questions. We're too busy in there trying to find uh, pictures online of my favorite Portland stripper. Yeah, they don't have any. So, they don't have any love strong questions. No love strong. Oh, I did get a comment though that uh, <laughs> soon after love strong will come um, desperate brewcasters. Desperate brewcasters. Yeah, that'll be the next or show after love strong, love strong. Or, or cry hard. Yeah. Cry hard. <laughs> that's a good one. That's too. like that. Yeah. Cry hard. Cry hard. That's, With a vengeance. That's that's John after a couple of years of marriage. <laughs> he goes from love strong to cry hard. Cry hard. <laughs> Yeah, so no, I did not have any uh, English IPA questions. Yeah. We're on time. That's good. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> How you doing? I'm I'm worn out. Yeah. I'm worn out. You uh, you gave it like that last like <laughs> puff of energy. <laughs> yeah, with that last one. Good work, buddy. Wait, thank you. Just give me that recipe. All right. Throw it out. <laughs> I throw it down right now. Throw it down. Uh, Earth's of Gravity 1062. Uh, it's going to be 50 IBUs, 11 SRAM, about uh, 6.2% ABV. Uh, for an extract brewery, you start with uh, English Pale Ale malt and liquid malt extract, 8.7 pounds, 3.94 kilograms, and then uh, a little bit of wheat extract. If you have it on hand, you know, go with a half pound, uh, 227 grams. I know sometimes it's hard to get uh, that small a dose of uh, extract. Uh, if you're an all-grain brewer, so you can leave that out. It's not the end of the world. All grain brewer, uh, you're going to use 12.25 pounds or 12 and a quarter pounds or 5.55 kilograms of a British pale ale malt. Again, pale ale is the darker kiln malt. And uh, you'll use a half pound of 227 grams of wheat malt. And the mash temperature is going to be 152 degrees Fahrenheit, 67 degrees C. Uh, the other grains that you're going to steep or, or mash are going to be uh, biscuit malt, uh, half pound, 227 grams. Uh, crystal 40, a half pound or 227 grams, and Crystal 120, six ounces or 170 grams. The hop bill is going to be uh, Hop Pellets Challenger 8% alpha acid, 60 minutes, 1.43 ounces or 41 grams. Uh, Fuggles at 5% alpha acid, a 10 minute addition, 1.5 ounce or 43 grams. Uh, did I say 1.43 ounces, 41 grams, and 1.5 ounces on the on the Fuggles. Uh, 43 grams, and Kent Golding's 5% alpha acid, zero-minute addition, 1.5 ounce, or 43 grams. Uh, ferment that with White Labs, WLP-013, London Ale, or Y-Use 1028 London Ale, or Dan Star Nottingham. Fermentation temperature, uh, ferment this at 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 28 degrees C. Uh, you're going to carbonate it to about two, two and a half volumes, and serve at uh, 52 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit, or, 10, or 11 to 13 degrees C. I think that's it. And then drink. And love strong. <laughs> love strong. One last contribution from the chat that uh, cry hard should be the custom yeast strain by the Pope. Cry, oh, yeah, because cry havoc. And it would have real tears inside every vial. Yeah. <laughs> real, yeah. It'd be like holy, holy yeast or something. Yeah. I'd have to yank like nose hairs out, though, to, uh, That's to produce those tears. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'll right. see you in uh, when I see you, I guess. I guess. And, you know, uh, make sure to check out our fine sponsor, Northern, Northern Brewer, Brewer, who makes this show possible. Northernbrewer.com. Uh, fine ingredients and products for the brewing enthusiast at great prices and great service. Join the HA. Become a member. Support the yeah. home brewing community. We'll see you out at the uh, um, uh, HA Nationals uh, June, uh, June of 2009 in uh, Oakland, California. California. And, you know, don't forget to uh, listen to the new show, uh, Brew Strong, on Mondays at 7 o'clock. Right. And uh, in the meantime... Uh, Get yourself a BN Army hat. They're sweet. And, and drink. And drink. Cheers. <laughs>